So this is kind of spontaneous and not something that I've had an extraordinary amount of time to prepare for. And that's on me because nobody is forcing me to record and upload this episode on this particular day. But I'm choosing to do so because I think this kind of precedent needs to be set for what I want this series to achieve. At the end of every episode of this podcast, I say, for better or worse, let's make a scene. It's just a strange catchphrase that I came up with a while back. But the implication there is meant to be that any song by any artist at any point has the chance to become something noteworthy. Make a scene is like a double entendre, because it can mean to make noise and commotion, and scene can also refer to the alternative music scene that this podcast is mostly predicated on. So that brings me to this new series within this podcast that I'm naming Made a Scene. Each episode in this series will look at one individual song that I believe made a scene and left a lasting impression on either just myself or the scene at large. Songs that truly stick out in history and you can point to and say it actually changed shit and wasn't just a temporary thing that faded out over time. The plan right now is to produce these episodes once a month and on the anniversary of the song in question's release. For today's episode, it's the 10th anniversary of this song, but it's not always going to be 10 for the other songs. It genuinely doesn't matter how old a song is turning as long as I feel like I can justify dedicating a whole episode to it. And, you know, I I don't even know if this concept will work out or I just abandon it, but I wanted to at least try getting it going. So, all that being said, the song being memorialized in this episode is if You Can't Hang by Sleeping of Sirens. On May 10th, 2011, Sleeping of Sirens released their second album, Let's Cheers to This. Among the 11 songs on that record is a track called If You Can't Hang. To this day, it remains part of the band's live set, usually as the final song. According to setlist.fm, the song has been played live 487 times. It has over 89 million streams on Spotify. The official music video on YouTube has 129 million views and is the most watched video on Rise Records channel by 71 million. It was certified gold in July 2018, having sold 500,000 units. Essentially what I'm trying to say is that If You Can't Hang is the biggest song in the careers of Sleeping of Sirens, and in my estimation, one of the biggest songs to ever come out of the quote-unquote emo scene. What I think should also be understood is that Sleeping of Sirens were not a major band yet. They had some success off of their first album, and I think the song If I'm James Dean, You're Aubrey Hepburn was a big deal. But when I think about the bands who were on Rise Records at the time, I I can pull out a crop who felt like they had more of a backing from not only the label, but just fans of the alternative scene. You know, bands like Attack Attack, What Was Me, Of Mice and Men, Dance Gavin Dance, Memphis Mayfire had just dropped The Hollow, so they were doing really well. I would say whenever I thought of the name Rise Records, those are the ones who I thought of before Sleeping Sirens. But still, you could tell that there was something there. You could see the support for them growing, and also, the sheer talent and charisma possessed by Kellen Quinn. It was easy to figure out that Sleeping Sirens would become a big band, you just didn't know how or when it would happen. So I'll go into my personal story about the first time I heard this song because I actually do have recollection of it. Like I said earlier, Let's Choose This, which is the album that If You Can't Hang is on, was released on May 10th, 2011. 
but the album was available to listen to on May 5th through Rise Records' YouTube channel. This was common practice for albums back then, and I have no idea if part of that was because of albums leaking, or maybe to prevent leaks. I truly don't know if this particular album had leaked before May 5th, but regardless, that was the date that I and everyone else had official access to Let's Cheers to This. I, I didn't hear it that day though. At this point in the timeline, I was 16 and still going through rough periods in high school. So I would turn to not only music for, um, I, I, I don't know, I guess comfort, but also video games. That was a big passion for me back then, and on the week that this album was made available on YouTube, there was a new map pack for Black Ops. The Zombies map Call of the Dead was released, and so not only was I playing a fuckload of that, but also Avenged Sevenfold dropped a new song to coincide with the new Zombies map. That was maybe the last time I felt super passionate about an Avenged Sevenfold song, and that's for sure a conversation I'll go into on a different episode of this show. But for now, I'll just say that the combination of this map and the Avenged Sevenfold song was the reason why I didn't even notice Sleeping Siren's album was out on May 5th. It, it wasn't until Friday, May 6th, when I got on my phone at school and saw a post from Rise Records on either their Facebook or Twitter about Let's Cheers to This being made available for streaming. The issue I had was that this was on the weekend of my mom's birthday, so my dad was off of work. Normally after school, I would just go home and spend the whole day in my room either listening to music or playing video games. But because neither of my parents worked on this day, I got out of school and we went to go eat and do grocery shopping and that kind of shit. So I wasn't in my room until late at night. And granted, yes, I could have just listened to the album at any point on my phone. But I wanted to be like present in the moment to hear it. I wanted to be in a setting where I could give all my attention to this album. So I got home that night and finally I was able to listen to Let's Cheers to This. Or, or rather, I thought I was. I, I wanted to listen to the album in order, which I think is what everybody should do for every album they hear for the first time. The first song on this album is Do It Now, Remember It Later, which was already released as a single beforehand, so I had heard it and I was familiar with it. I skipped it and went straight into the second song, which is If You Can't Hang. I listened to it all the way through and was genuinely completely speechless afterward. I legit thought that it might have been the greatest song I'd ever heard up to that point. So I listened to it again. And again. And again. Throughout that whole weekend, I listened to this fucking song repeatedly and didn't even get to the rest of the album until Monday. I, I was beyond obsessed with If You Can't Hang. Everything about it clicked for me. It worked so well that I'm sitting here ten fucking years later and I'm telling all of you that I still believe it's one of the best songs of all time. So now, I'm going to go through this song section by section and break down what's happening while also giving my own commentary. When you start the song, there's an acoustic guitar and snare drum that builds to the intro, which is really just the chorus without any vocals. I don't know how anyone else reacted the first time they heard this part of the song, but I couldn't get over the, for lack of a better way of phrasing it, interruption of the flow that you hear throughout it. 
Like, it's kind of hard to explain in words, but it's evident in the song. I definitely think that's an element that'll stick with the listener after their first listen, just because it's unexpected. That specific section goes on until the song slows down, and there's this atmosphere set by the production, all while Kellen gives the lines, Met a girl at 17, thought she meant the world to me, so I gave her everything, she turned out to be a cheat. And his voice fucking stands out, not only because of how little there is happening elsewhere in the song at that moment, but also just the way he says it. It sounds like he's speaking over, like, some type of clear yet muffled intercom. And I think the line, met a girl at 17, became so fucking iconic within the scene, and is one of the three most memorable lyrics ever spoken by this band, the other two being on this same song, and I'll get to them in a bit. The whole section builds to the next part of the verse where the lyrics become more aggressive as the rest of the band returns. Girl, I never thought you'd stay, that's okay, I hope he takes your filthy heart and then he throws you away someday. After that, the pre-chorus begins, and this is where the title of the song is repeated. If you can't hang, then there's a door, baby. If you can't hang, then there's a door, baby. And, and that shit gets beyond stuck in your head. This is another section where the band kind of just acts in the background while Kellen gets the point across. And that builds up to the chorus that reuses the instrumentation from the intro. But this time, there are vocals attached, and it's the catchiest fucking thing I've ever heard. I don't want to take your precious time, cause you're such a pretty 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 face, but you turned into a pretty big waste of my time. I saw a tweet the other day from Scene Facts, and he said that If You Can't Hang is like a top three chorus in the history of the scene, or something along those lines. A and I wholeheartedly agree, because it's one of the most effective and impactful sections of any song I've ever heard. A big credit for that, I think, goes to this specific line, Pretty 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 face. Because it's said in a way that perfectly matches the rhythm of the song, and yet it also runs the risk of just being irritating to a listener. And I say that because I remember putting the song on once in the car with my mom, and she was like, why is he talking like that? Why does his voice sound like that? And I don't remember what I said as a response, but I hope I defended the delivery of this chorus because it's fucking tremendous and a standard bearer for all choruses in the scene. The second verse is largely different from the prior verse in its structure while still lyrically getting across the message of the song. The line that bridges the two different portions of the verse is, I hope Mr. Wright puts up with all the bullshit that you do. And I want to point out that, yes, the lyrics are super fucking angsty and edgy and the kind of shit that a normie would imagine when thinking of the phrase emo. But there's also no other way I could imagine the song playing out. I, I think we all have, like, you know, shitty relationship stuff or crushes that don't always turn out the way we want them to. And I think that's a big reason why this song was effective. Because it's fucking relatable. Sadness naturally channels itself into anger in these kinds of situations. And I know that for myself, this song has been like a crutch for me when finding myself in those scenarios. The pre-chorus and chorus repeat pretty much just as they did beforehand, and then the bridge of the song is the first instance where you can kind of hear Kellen start to slowly incorporate screaming. And that's through the line, so now I gotta call the doctor so he can prescribe me medication. And it's not screaming in, in like an aggressive tone, but just picking up his voice slightly enough so that the listener can know that something is coming up. 
The song takes a moment then to slow itself down again, and we think Kellen, or the subject of the song, has a happy ending of sorts. Met a girl at 23, knew she meant the world to me, so I gave her everything, and she did the same for me. And I'm hearing that for the first time, and I'm like, oh, that's really cool. And then Kellen fucking screams, imagine that, and the song fucking explodes. He repeats the pretty face lyric a few times, and then the final chorus hits, and the song is essentially over by that point. There's an outro where the band acts minimally while Kellen says, Would you please stay and come inside, baby? Would you please stay and please be mine? And that juxtaposes the whole point of the song being, If you can't hang, then there's the door. So the way I interpret this is that we could be bound to make the same poor relationship choices over and over again until we get it as close to right as possible because love is just such a fucking powerful and complex emotion that I don't believe any human in history has ever known how to correctly navigate. So what makes this song so effective? Why is it so memorable? I think I covered most of that in the whole section breakdown. The structure is weird and can successfully stick with someone because of that. The lyrics are relatable despite being kinda cheesy. The chorus is catchy, and the pretty 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 face line is infectious in its own right. The song also benefited from dropping right as the emo scene was about to really experience some mainstream success. Like, I remember around this time, Asking Alexandria and Icy Stars played on national TV. Blackout by Breathe Carolina was about to blow the fuck up. We weren't that far off in the timeline from scene albums charting in the top 10 or 5 or even 3 on Billboard. I, I also just think If You Can't Hang was the perfect song to bridge the gap from the MySpace era that had faded out into the more contemporary scene that was supported by Tumblr and Warp Tour and that kind of stuff. It was the right song by the right band at the right time, and there is part of me that wonders what would have happened to Sleeping with Sirens had this song never existed. Because I look at the other relatively big Sleeping with Sirens songs that came after 2011, and I don't know if I would trust Roger Rabbit or Alone or Kick Me to propel this band the way If You Can't Hang did. I I'm not saying that this band owes all of their success to If You Can't Hang, but what I am saying is that if there's anyone else out there like me and who feels the way that I do, then it's very fair to say that even if we don't really fuck with what Sipping Sirens have done recently or what they might do in the future, we are forever in debt to this band because of the existence of If You Can't Hang. I think that's pretty much everything I wanted to say about this song. It's just one of the best pieces of music I've ever listened to, and when I noticed that it was turning 10 today, I felt like it warranted its own episode and to be the official start of this new series I'm trying. I would really like to keep making these kinds of episodes once a month, but I don't know if I will for sure, just because if there's no interest in it and no one cares about it, then I might just say fuck it and stick with the regular weekly episode. But it is important to me that I take these moments to, like, you know, pay my respects to songs that really made a difference in my life. You know, don't forget where you came from type of shit. So, I do ask that anyone who hears this gives me some kind of feedback on if you think this concept for an episode is worth me continuing to explore.
So, all that being said, I will go ahead and end the recording here. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And for the better, this was how If You Can't Hang by Sleeping With Sirens made a scene.